I'm Dhiran Garrihi, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to the moment where if they didn't laugh, they'd cry. Next minute, around it goes, out comes the knickers. I was like, cool, that's mine. Awkward. I was like, I'm going to pick that up. Anyway, all these things started coming out in between people's bags. No. That were mine. Like, and these, like, we've been on the holiday. So, like, this is, like, clean knickers, dirty knickers, you name it. They're all there. I was like, sweet suffering, Nora, what is going on? Singer Lyra is my guest this week. She talks to me about the teenage disco mortification we all know, heading to a U2 after party on the back of a bike, and how the importance of family outweighs everything else. I hope you enjoy. Lyra, you're extremely oh, yeah. welcome to the last of your life. <laughs> Lyra! Oh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Oh, sure. I was delighted to get the email. I was like, I'm going to be on our podcast. Because my <laughs> friend Maraid is like obsessed with it. She like was like, I was literally puking on my way to work. I was laughing so much. I was like, oh my God, gas. So well, I'm doing especially for her as well. Do you know what? I'm kind of using this time as awful as it is that no live performances are happening and as terrible as it is and as much as everyone misses them. I know that you probably have a bit more downtime than you usually would. So I said I would strike and, and get in there and ask you while you're probably a little bit quieter. If you even are yeah. quieter, maybe you're maybe you're busy. Well, I am at the moment because I'm stuck in quarantine for two weeks. So I'm literally here in my mam's on my own. Um, so I've plenty of time. So I was delighted to get somebody to talk to because I'm as bored as feckin' be damned. <laughs> I'm literally like, I mean, if I could dye these roots myself, I would give it a whack. That's how bored I am. You're lovely. You look fabulous. Thank you. Lyra, shall we get started with our laughter? Yeah, might as well. Your first memory of laughter. This one, I literally took so long. Like, I got like, I was like, I've never laughed in my life. I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was so nervous. But then I was like going back over photos and I saw this photo, which, oh my God, to the day I was like, I was just like howling in bed looking at the photo. So I was going to my very first wedding. My uncle was getting married. I was like tiny. And I got to be the flower girl. So I was delighted at myself, all dressed up and old Lily. And I was like, thought I was absolutely Beyonce walking down the aisle. And uh, I was throwing away the confetti anyway. Next minute I turned around and my cousin's like standing there with his like mouth open, like doing this kind of weird face. And I was like, so oh, he's so funny. Look at him. He's eating the confetti. And I was like howling, pointing, being like, he's eating the confetti. Blah, blah. Anyway, little did I know, the poor child's absolutely choking on the confetti. He was swallowing the whole thing and it was getting stuck in his throat and he was gagging and choking. And there's me pointing, no. howling, laughing at him, thinking that he was eating the confetti. And as a, a little one, I thought this was the best thing ever. And then we watched back the wedding video. We still watch it to this day. And there's your man in the background, literally <laughs> nearly puking on the confetti. His mom comes over and starts giving him that high mech maneuver thing. And I'm... No! As a little girl, like, oh, look what they're doing. That's so funny. And your man's choking to death. So the Heimlich had to come into it. Heimlich was there. Because he was... He had so much confetti in his mouth because he obviously thought he could eat it. (laughs) (laughs) But he was okay in the end. Oh, he was absolutely grand. Like, he... You can't shut that fella up. He just has his mouth open (laughs) 24-7. But, like, 
<laughs> it was gas. Tell me about your childhood because I'll, I'll tell you what, we had you on the show on 2FM um, a good few months ago. And I remember when mm-hmm. you left the studio, Owen and I were just like, she is gas. We just thought you were very funny. And so when we were, I was brainstorming about, I really wanted to get really strong women on the podcast this season. And you came to mind. So that's why I reached out. But I, I want to know where that confidence and funniness and all that started. Tell me about you as a child and, and your family setup. Well, um, so it's me, my brother and my sister, my mom and my dad. And um, I suppose just growing up, like my mom, 24-7, we'd go to any parties and she'd literally like, when I say old lady dresses, like that's all we were dressed in. And like there'd be matching hats and there'd be frilly knickers over our nappies and there'd be like frilly socks and we'd have the brightest pate and shoes on. Like we always stood out in a crowd. So like being a child like that, you kind of have to either get with the program and go with it and be that kind of like out there, funny, kind of like upfronting kind of child or else you're just sitting there in what looks like a toilet holder and be the shy kid. So I was like, feck it, I'll embrace it and I'll go hell for leather with it. So we'd go anywhere and everyone would be like, oh, you look so beautiful. And we just play along with it. We get up to ask to sing. Everyone stand us up on top of their fireplace and be like, sing us a song now, sing us a song. So I suppose I just, from a young age, was just always just put into that kind of spotlight scenario. And I just was like, kind of grew my confidence from there because... I had to. There was no option. My aunts would kill me if I didn't start singing. And then they'd be like, play the tin whistle now. And I'm like, I can't play the tin whistle. Like, you can. I'm like, I can't. And I was just like, the typical Irish mum thing's like, oh, you can. You can. Play oh, yeah. And you get, like, you, get the, you, get, you get the pinch on the arm. Like, go go up there now and do it. And the, the death pinch of like, do yeah. it. You're doing it. You, I sent you to speech and drama or whatever it might be. Yeah. And you're like, just because you say I can do it does not mean I can do it, by the way. I mean, I wish it was that easy, but... I can't. So uh, I suppose that's where I kind of got my... So I have to ask about your your siblings then. Did they go with the flow or did they reject it? Oh, they always like... I was always the one that they were like, Usher, she's as mad as a hat. And like, she's always going to be that. Like, I was just always the one who was joking, laughing. Like, even growing up, like, I used to drink puddles out of water outside. Literally. I was just fecking wild. Like, I was the untamed child. I All my pictures when I'm younger, I have, like, a big cut in the middle of my forehead from literally bashing my head off the floor to get the puddle of water out. Like, Stop! who was I? That's probably why I'm so fecking crazy. Yeah, um, I was going to ask, like, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, they're probably just like, just... Just let that one off. Just let her <laughs> off. She's fine. Okay, well, while we're talking about you drinking water out of puddles, the first time you felt laughed at? Oh, holy Moses. I'll never forget it. Because, like, it's not even, like, a sad being laughed at. When I thought back about it, I was like, you are fucking asking for that. Like, I'm laughing at me right now. I went to this underage disco, and my nan at the time was, like, really good friends with this, like, lady of the town. And she, anytime I was meet her, I'd be like, oh, she's so beautiful and her earrings are so nice and everything's so nice and blah, blah. So anyway, one day my nan was up in her house and she was throwing out loads of clothes. So my nan was like, fuck it, I'll take those. And she'd bring them down to me and I'd try them all on. I think I was so cool wearing these clothes. So anyway, this one time she gave me this fur jacket. Obviously, the fur jacket was way too big for me. This is like a woman and I was like underage disco is probably like 14 <laughs> so I cut the arms off it to fit me and I cut it just to fit me I was like D- didn't go to any alterations I'll just use the scissors and make it my size 
So I wear this fur jacket to this um, party and then f- the fake leggings, which I was squeezed into, like, you know, when you're like, I swear I'm a size six and you're like, you're really not. But if you buy them, then that means you are. <laughs> yeah. So I am. I was like, yeah, these are mine. Yeah, it's size six. Yeah, great. I'm <laughs> hanging out everywhere with them. And then I decided I get myself fake nails. You know, the ones pre-glued, you stick them on. Yeah. All the diamantes on them, girl. The pink tips. I was like, jeez. I thought I'd my hair bleached to death, but it was obviously not professionally done like I get it done now. It was orange. And I went to the disco and I was walking in thinking I was absolutely Lord Mayor. And um, paying your one anyway, dropped my money. I bent down. Number one, couldn't nearly bend down in the pants. I couldn't pick up the money with the fake nails. And all my friends that were with me just roared their asses at me. <laughs> like, I thought this was so serious because I thought I was, like, cock of the walk in this outfit, like. And I was like, <laughs> I can't believe you're laughing. I mean, they're like, you can't even pick up your money with your fake nails. And I was, like, mortified. And they were laughing. I didn't know what to do because then I felt so stupid in my outfit. I was like, I have to go through this whole party. Then, on top of the whole thing, there was moms go to this party just to make sure nobody's had a drink before the party. You know, those those yeah. moms that take care of us all. Then they then thought that I'd had a drink like a Bacardi Breeze or something because <laughs> I couldn't pick up the money and flaked me into the sick room calling my no. mom. I was like, I haven't. I just can't pick them up in my fake nails. I've never worn fake nails before. I didn't know how to do it. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a girl in there getting sick. Anytime I see somebody getting sick, I get sick. So then I started getting no. sick. They thought that I was after having a drink. I was like, oh. And I literally got walked out and my mom had to come get me and all the girls just there wetting themselves that your one got sent away from the disco oh, and at that age like there's nothing more mortifying I, I forgot that those sick rooms existed I remember them now from yeah. discos they'd have a specific room where they would bring anyone who was absolutely loaded <laughs> and their really? parents would have to come and collect them mortifying yeah I was in there I wasn't even sick just had big long stupid fake nails on me and <laughs> the sight of anyone getting sick I was like uh, uh, I was like I'm off I'm gone I'm no off. I can't do it that's a, a, like, a comedy of errors yeah I was like I'm just getting sick because she's getting sick they're like hmm, yeah we've heard that before I'm like oh god well look I'm interested so. to know you in school what were you like were you a messer were you studious what did you, what did you do I definitely wasn't studious like I have to say and my mom and dad will agree with me there. Like, it just wasn't. Like, if I could get get away with doing past everything, I would have just because I just fucking didn't want to do it, to be quite honest with you. The only subject that I really liked was music, obviously, and science. I loved science. I was great at science. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know where this comes from. I'm always like, if I wasn't a singer, I think I'd like to be a forensic scientist. I mean, that would be my Look thing. Look I, I like that. Two ends of the spectrum. Okay, so when did the love for music turn into this is what I want to do forever? Um, it did take a while. Like, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't just like, I've always wanted to do it. But like, then I was like, can I do it? Or like, is this a real career? Because like, you know, coming from Ireland, we have so many people that can sing and do sing. And like, a lot of my friends are great singers. My family are great singers. So it was kind of just like, it kind of almost wasn't like a job it was just like oh it's just something that we have so I never thought of it seriously until then I started writing music and I kind of 
started that probably about like five years ago and I started writing my own songs. And then that's when I kind of the penny dropped at me, hence why I wasn't very good at school. And uh, I was like, yeah, feck it. I can write songs and I can sing songs. So there has to be something that I can do. So that's kind of when I decided, let's go for it. We'll and come we'll yeah. come back to that a little bit later on, right? And and how that's going and, and how you're feeling about it in the whole live music industry and all that. But for now, Lyra, the moment when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Oh, holy Moses. <laughs> I was on holidays with my friend. And it was like one of our first holidays. It wasn't the first holiday, but it was one of our first holidays here. So we were like, Grace, the last day. So the last day, you have to get your tan on. Yeah. I mean, you have to come back as brown as you possibly can let your skin get. You have to go. <laughs> and like, I can go pretty brown. My dad's like, oh my God, look at your wand coming along now with her orange hair and her big tan skin on her. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, dad. She's like a saddle, daddy. She's like a saddle. Just like me. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, so I obviously was like, tea I have to get so bronze now so I was putting on the Malibu oil and I was slipping on over to the sunbed and I didn't care I loved it I was so brown and then on our way to the airport obviously you know the way like when you sweat like I literally was not getting out of the sun for the day so I was sweating and obviously you have that kind of like hole in your neck bit the kind of dip yeah see there was like sweat gathering there for the day which I wasn't taking any notice of because oh, I was God. getting all my hours in yeah. and uh, I was kind of scratching it so obviously I'd scratched off the suntan <gasps> so on the way to the plane and anyway, I was like oh my neck's really itchy so I was itching it next minute my tan just in that hole bit started to come off <laughs> like as in like I was peeling like there was no tomorrow and but underneath because I had just put whack the oil on myself was white as a white oh, as yeah, the dad's doorstep challenge. So I, had, <laughs> I literally was going along and obviously I was wearing like the lowest top and the shortest skirt I could going home to Ireland show off my tan yeah, white. Of course. Yeah. And uh, I had a big massive white hole in my neck as if somebody had shot me in the neck <laughs> walking along. This gorgeous tan and then just this big white hole in my neck and I was like holy Moses and my friend was like laughing at me thinking this is actually like I'm going to tell you the truth this is horrendous I was like great so I got to the airport flight delayed 11 hours I was like well this could add to my day fantastic we were starving because we spent all our money the night before as you do you're like let's spend all of our money because we're changing it back let's use it all on anything we can find so we're at the airport uh, for 11 hours starving we managed to get three euros each together to share a sandwich done that fine got on the plane, got home. You're one anyway, T, who I'm with, then we get to the airport, takes out her phone to ring her mom. She's 20 euro in the back of her phone all the time. There's two of us, hangry, starving to death. And then we're waiting for our bags. I was like, look, we're home now. This can't get any worse. Yeah. Waiting for our bags. Anyway, around comes my friend's bag. Off it goes. And I was like, okay, Grant. Around comes a gold stiletto. I was like... Okay, that's mine. Pick that off the, a shoe. Off the conveyor belt. A shoe. And I was like, that's so weird. Next minute, around it goes. Out comes the knickers. I was like, cool, that's mine. Awkward. I was like, I'm going to pick that off. Anyway, all these things started coming out in between people's bags. No. That were mine. Like, and these, like, we've been on the holiday. So, like, this is, like, clean knickers, dirty knickers, you name it. They're all there. I was like, sweet suffering, Nora. What is going on? Next minute, my bag comes open. 
No. Like, the whole case was just open. So obviously it had exploded. They didn't decide to put everything back in. They just decided to put it on bits and pieces. Oh. I was mortal. I was absolutely mortal. There was like dads there, kids there, nannies there. And <laughs> there's all my knickers going around. And, and like, obviously you're on your first holiday with your friend. You bring the brightest color, knickers. smallest underwear you can find <laughs> ever. Like luminous tongs going around. The place. I was like, holy Moses, somebody just pick the knickers up. So anyway, I was like, I'm missing a gold stiletto. The gold stiletto was the first to come out. There was yeah. no second gold stiletto. It wasn't in the bag. So I had to go up to there people in the airport and be like I'm missing a shoe and they were like let us have a look for it and then radio down her shoes on the runway we're going to have to go out and get it <laughs> I was like you know what just get me out of here just get me home and Holy. that was why I literally was like you had if, to laugh. I d- if we didn't start start laughing our asses off that was it like I was getting checked in I was <laughs> getting checked in somewhere <laughs> what did you do about the white patch on your neck that's a feckin nightmare I literally got like an eyeshadow brush yeah. and like some saint and I was like trying to like paint it, it in. in. There was no hope for me. I looked horrendous. Like spent all those hours with that tan and I was literally in Polonex when I came on. It was shocking. <laughs> it was I love it. Shocking. I'm delighted. So did you get, hang on, did you get the gold shoe back? I got the gold oh, you shoe got back. It. Perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. Literally as bent <laughs> as bedamned. I was like, thanks lads, see ya, bye. Keeping knickers for your reference. Oh, I love it. I love it. The dad's oh. looking at the illuminous tongs. It's great. Okay, Lyra, your no laughing matter moment in life. So this is obviously a no laughing matter, so it is quite sad. It's um my nan is literally like my favourite woman in the world. Like Emerald's about her. I get so upset talking about her. I'm even upset now. And it's like so sad losing somebody that you love, love that much. And it was the first person that I've ever lost Mm -hmm. because my dad's, oh God, I'm going. (laughs) Deep breath, deep breath. Um, My dad's parents passed away before I was born. And my granddad passed away like very early. So I, I didn't really remember. Yeah. But my nan was like my best friend. Like she reared us like we used to go to her house every day after school she just let us watch the den we loved life up there it was great um and it was I was over in England and my mom rang me and you know when Irish mams ringing there's something up yeah and they're like how's your day mm. and you're like yeah grand how are you and they're like who's with you oh. and you're like why are you asking me that question <laughs> and I literally was like what she's like are you on your own oh. and I'm like no, I'm not on my own. I was like, why, like, why are you asking me this question? And then she was like, um, oh, nothing. I'm just in, in with your nan. And I was, we were just talking about you. And I was like, ma'am, just tell me. And you know, Irish mammies are like, oh, no, everything's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. So I rang my sister and I was like, can you please tell me the truth? I'm over in England. You know if anything happens. I wouldn't forgive anyone if he didn't tell me. Yeah. So she was like, look, she's okay. But like, she is kind of losing her memory a small bit. So she was like, but she is fine. So I was like, right, that's grand. I, d- I don't care. I'm coming home. So I decided to pack up everything. I was actually just about to get signed to a record deal. And I just put everything on hold. I was like, nothing is worth any of this. Like nothing. Like mm-hmm. she is my everything. So I went home. I flew home for months. I said, however long I have with her, I'm staying at home. I, I don't care if it's two months, six months, a year. I'm I'm staying at home. So me and my sister moved up into her house with her because she hates hospitals. Like, 
you know, every old person, everyone in general, it, you know, it's just you want to be in your own environment. Of course. She couldn't be at that time. So we decided to take upon ourselves to move into her house and be her nurses for her. So we used to take shifts every night. I'd either do it or my sister do it. And, you know, we'd get her into bed and we'd wash her and we'd dress her and we'd change her. And we spent like two months with her. And it was such a lovely time to get that special time with her and talk to her and try and bring back her memory. And sure, she'd be giving out just halftime. She'd be waking up and she'd be like, why aren't you in school? Have you done your homework now? And we'd be like, no, we've no homework today. And there's us like in our like 20s. So, yeah, that was my kind of. I just the worst, worst, worst time of my life. And just being with her and watching her pass away was really sad. Like when I went over to talk to her when she was passing and she hadn't opened her eyes in ages and then she opened them and it was just the worst Mm. time ever. And when was that? That was about five years ago now. And did it ever at any point kind of, did you think, because, you know, you say you were about to sign a massive record deal, which is like life changing. At any point did you think, okay, as much as I want to be here with Nana, she wouldn't want me to let this opportunity go. Or did you think, well, I, I think this is this is what you thought. You know, nothing, as you said, nothing is worth this. And if it's meant to be, it'll be eventually. But did, did yeah. part of you kind of go, she would want me to be over there and to be pursuing all I've worked for? I think she was just so much to me, it just never came to my mind. Like, yeah. even after she passed, people were like, you know, you should get back now. And I was like... I'm not ready. I was like, I can't. Like, I was a mess. I was like, I can't do it. So, and then Emerald is about her. Mm. So, you know, at the end of the day, her song has made my career. Unknowns to her and unknowns to me because it was written before, you know, she passed because I I wrote it to show her that the music industry is an industry that I can be in and that I'm writing songs. I'm not because obviously Kit was like, oh, you're a great singer. You're a great singer. But when are you going to get a job now? Just, you know, yeah. just to make sure you're OK yeah. kind of thing. And I wrote it for her to show her like there's I'm writing these songs because, you know, what they hear them in the radios and they, they don't think that people have written the songs. Yeah. So um, and th- that song has changed my career. It literally got picked up by the Guinness advert. It got picked up for striking out. Like, it broke me as an artist, regardless of me going home and taking that time out to mind her. So it's it's just kind of like, I was there for her and she has always been yeah. there for me. So as sad so as that time was, you've absolutely no regrets about making that decision and saying, I, no. I have to be there. I'd do it again now. And if she was still alive five, five years on and needed the care, I'd, I'd still be at home and I wouldn't be in the music industry and I'd be... I'd be fine with that. So. Lyra, the person you always laugh with. Oh, it has to be my brother. <laughs> he is fecking hilarious. But he's like, he's hilarious in this kind of weird way. He like does all like the gift grub voices and he'll just <laughs> pick up things and you're just like, wah. But he's just so funny. Like, I don't know what it is about him. I think it's, I just don't expect him to be that funny. Like, he's in IT. <laughs> he's a very handsome guy. And I'm just like, even I look at him, I'm like, surely you're 
stuck up your own arse yeah. and you're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's what I think of you and I'm your sister. That's what you're but supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, why don't you tick the boxes, bro? <laughs> um, but he's hilarious. He literally walks in the door sometimes and I'm just like laughing at him and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, I'm just expecting you to come out with something gas. He's like my go-to fun lover. He actually, when I'm going to things, and like a, a thing was like two years ago now had like the biggest breakup ever. And I got invited to the U2 show because I'd been on the album with them. Well, the cover album, not with them, but you know what I mean? Just <laughs> pretend that I'm on a U2 album, guys. Let's go with it. Just go with it. OK, <laughs> yeah, I was on their album, guys. I'm so up my own arse right now. Um, so they were like, oh, you can bring a plus one. And there's me. Oh, I've just been dumb. Who's I going to bring? So I was like, I'm bringing my brother. He literally cheered me up. And he was like, I think maybe we should just have like this kind of call to each other. Like if there's a hot girl chatting me up that you don't come near me because like people will <laughs> think that we're going out. And I'm like, oh, for the love of God. I bought him with me anyway. And then after the show, like we met Gavin James and stuff like that and like Robbie Keane and those are there and they're all obviously getting cars to the after party. Right. I couldn't even believe that I was being invited to the after party and nearly lost my knickers when I picked up my invite. I was like, dead. And we went outside and they were like, are you getting a car? And we're like, yeah, we're just, we're just waiting for our car. It's just running a bit late. You go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead. <laughs> he got on a Dublin bike. I got into the basket and we cycled to the after party. Stop it! Literally, my arse was raw when we arrived there. I was like, you have to stop before we get there. Do not let anyone see us getting off the bike. Oh my God. He is hilarious. In the basket. He was like, like, feck that. I have the Dublin bike thing. We'll get one of those. (laughs) Off we went by. Oh my God. It was some. It was the best night ever. But how much better is that memory than being in a fucking pompous car with water bottles and a newspaper in the back? You don't oh, want that. Way better. I mean, a bruised <laughs> arse. That's my kind of night. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, liar. A time where you had the last laugh. So my last laugh would definitely have to be when um, I got called in for a record label meeting. This is like very early days, didn't have any manager or nothing. I was like doing it myself, thinking, right, let's do it. And uh, they called me in anyway and they were like, we listen to your music. It's good. I was like, cool, good isn't very good. (laughs) And uh, then anyway, they were like, but we were thinking like maybe you should like be really pale in your skin and make your hair really dark. And, uh, you know, get get that real look and like, you know, sing a bit more like this. And they're like, you know, when you sing, it sometimes can be a bit like you're singing in a football stadium. And like, maybe you just need to make it like maybe be a bit more Irishier. No, actually, they wanted the opposite. They didn't want the Irishy. They were like, don't be so Irishy and kind of go for this like dark kind of like gothic girl kind of look. Obviously, I am so far away from that. So I was like, oh, I can't like literally I can't do that. Like I'm. I would lose my life. And I have to be Irish because I am Irish. Exactly. And I can't pronounce my THs, so get over it. <laughs> and um, literally, I was like, feckin' or Because they had me in the studio with some guys at the time, and they were like, at the end, make sure she does like, and at the end, so you can like add them into your words. And I was like, 
so cheeky and it made me really self-conscious about my voice I'm I was like surprised. I can't sing anymore like I can't even speak because I can't pronounce my THs so I was like having a right mare about the whole thing and um your man anyway basically ended up massively like pawing me off and be like look she's not going to do it she's not going to dye her hair black she's not going to be really pale and stay indoors for the rest of her life and stuff like that <laughs> so they were like kind of like oh, we don't think this is going to work so bye and I was like right see ya obviously hair blonde I'm have tanned skin and have my Irish accent when I sing and I have I've been sitting standing on the stages that they said I'd never stand on and sold out tours that they said I'd never be in a studio unless I could start pronouncing my THs and creating an album so I think I have the last half here and he since has been fired (laughs) (laughs) has he yeah he's dropped like a hot snot goodbye (laughs) so I'm thrilled at myself thrilled thrilled I'm absolutely thrilled (laughs) amazing that was mine okay Lyra if laughter wasn't the best medicine what would be I think it would have to be a wibbly wobbly wonder and a packet of Johnny Onion Rings. Oh, I mean, they're my go-to. That honky mock honker. I mean, no one wants answer. to talk to you after Johnny Onion Rings. <laughs> they're just like you reek. I'm like, just call me Eureka Johnson here. I am honking, <laughs> literally. And they've stopped bringing out wibbly wobbly wonders. What the hell is that about? Not good. Not good. Not good. No. I've already tried on the Lyra Twitter to bring them back. They're like, <laughs> who are you? No. And I'm like, please, please. I'm a blue tick now. Please. I love the way you say that in the third person on the Lyra Twitter. <laughs> the Lyra Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, my business account. <laughs> I'm a business now, but everything through my that. Oh, that's oh, a great God. answer. Great answer. Johnny Onion Rings. Like, I mean, wagon wheel. No, not wagon wheels. Wheelies. Wheelies are another good shout. Yeah, wheelies are good. Yeah, yeah they ba- are Banshee very Bones. Good ones. Ooh, Banshee Bones yeah, are the, honky Yeah, the cheap too. ones. Yeah, the cheap I ones I kind of like anything a bit honky. I love the honky cheese, everything. Yum, delish. Okay, Lyra, you ready for a quick fire round? Oh, gee, this is where I'm going to collapse now. You won't. Yeah, go on. The actor that always makes you laugh? Jim Carrey. Lovely. The actress that always makes you laugh? You're one from Bridesmaids, the party! <laughs> I don't know her and name. I'm going to go down to the river. Oh my God, what is her name? Kristen? Kristen? Kristen Wig. Oh, her. Yeah, very Stove. good. Very good, very good. Okay, the comedian that always makes you laugh. Tommy Tiernan. And finally, Lyra, your best or worst joke. Okay, so this is a husband and wife scenario. So the husband's asking questions to the wife. So he says, love, if you didn't have hands, would you wear gloves? She goes, No. She's like, right. So if you didn't have feet, would you wear socks? And she's like, no. And then the husband goes, so why'd you wear a bra? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's mean. I know. Terrible. Very good though, because I have no boobs. Yeah, me either. So yeah, we get it. We get it. We feel it. Oh, Uh, Lyra, thank you so much for sharing the laughs of your life. Thank you for having me. I've actually had a laugh now. Had a bit of a cry, had a bit of a laugh. I mean, we got very emotional here, didn't we? It's it's a roller coaster. Thank you so much for doing it. Thanks for having me. Honestly, it's great. I love the podcast. Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with Lyra. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check out her new EP, The Magic of Christmas. You won't regret it. This podcast runs right up to Christmas. So don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review and all those other things. 
This podcast is brought to you by Collaborative Studios. <laughs>